Hello uh, and welcome to this episode of the Beards and Balls sure. podcast, where tonight we will have a gentle and genteel discourse on current economic status of the United States, the overall tension happening between Russia and Ukraine, and if there's time, we will have a very lighthearted segment about a puppy's journey across America to find its way home. I'm Patrick Cheeseman. This is Beards and Balls. Hit the intro music. Seems like so, the Bengals players, like well, Bengals and knocking out like kind of superstar players. It's like, man, have you ever heard of an mo? Not spending money on players and hurting them—that's the Bengals' mo. See, you were all good with your intro, and I appreciate it. Up until you say you're going to convert me to a Packers fan, which God knows I will probably burn my own foot before I even even consider going anywhere near Green Bay, Wisconsin. But you'll listen to like a couple episodes in advance just so you get the vibe. Handsless cheese, got it. I mean, pretty much the norm. Yeah, it's just gonna. I mean, it's nothing more than three people kind of talking about what's going on in sports <laughs> right now. And there's, I mean, hey, I'll give you this: the NFL thankfully does not ever stop. So there's never, you know, there's we're never lacking anything to talk about with them ever. No, especially after at the parade we just had what yesterday, and the fact that uh, we we almost lost the photographer yesterday. Yeah, and and, and it it was it was interesting seeing Matt Stafford finally like happy. look loose. Well, yeah, happy. I guess that's that's what happiness looks like because like right after the Super Bowl, like that dude was was stoic. Like it hadn't quite sunk in yet. Yeah, yeah, like and then that's because Odell. Oh, it's because Odell was sapping the energy out of everyone with all of his emotions. He was he was he, emotional for everyone on the team. That's that's true. He really, man. I, I know a lot of people were giving him shit, but I, I mean, come on, it's the Super Bowl. It's your biggest moment. You play. You you're allowed to first cry. I don't played. care if you never play again, you, unless you're Lashawn McCoy, what who won two Super Bowls <laughs> and never played it okay. down. But at least okay, if you point. get to actually play in the game at some point, then you get allowed to cry. LaShawn McCoy, you do not get to cry. You didn't play it down twice. I mean, and not only that, too. I mean, shoot, OBJ tore his ACL literally in the game. So you can, oh. only, you can only imagine what would have happened if they had lost. Oh, oh my and God. Here's the thing. Odell, he's going to do everything in his power to never play the Bengals again. Because that's the second time he's played the Bengals and he's torn an ACL. Seems so, like first with Bengals players, like well, Bengals and knocking out like kind of superstar players. Well, they it was both times. Well, the first time was well, contact. Antonio the second Brown's time was non-contact. Same, so. so it's not the Bengals' fault. That just that shit just happens. Antonio oh, Brown God. has never been the same after Vontae Perfect decided I'm going. I'm going to make. I'm you going to move. kill you. I'm going. Well, I was to going. Yeah. I was going even further back. Honestly, he's oh. going Bo Jackson. I was going Bo Jackson. He's the best around. Bo Jackson. That's true. I mean, uh, man. Y'all have a history, don't you? Like it's not intentional. <laughs> Most of the time, it's not intentional. It's like, well, man, have you ever heard of an mo? Okay, like that. That there's clearly like not spending money on players and hurting them. That's the Bengals' mo. One of them is inadvertent, oh, and was. the other one is. This sounds like Bounty Gate before Bounty Gate was a thing. It's yeah. the most inadvertent bounty gate ever. It's like I swear to God, we did not mean to hurt him. The the problem is there's no result. There there hasn't been results from the from that uh, the Bengals bounty gate. Like, man, uh, so yeah, there was those thirty years without a playoff victory. That was the there, okay. result. There's the result. But uh, I might as well do this now because I think this is the way we're going to start doing this from now on, Cheeseman. But uh, what are people listening to right now, Cheeseman? What are the people at home with earplugs, you know, with, with headphones on listening to right now, you know, if they were listening to me say this? Country music? No, what? No, the, you're supposed to say the podcast name. The Beards and, and Balls and, podcast? And, and, and intro us. I'm Ron you're, Burgundy? You are terrible at this. You've <laughs> never been good at the intros. Like, oh, you're I like, know. That's why, you're, you're, that's why it's a mess when I host. I'm too That's far away from the microphone. I can already tell, and I'm not even. No, it's like some of the best, the best things he's done uh, for his intros is he's just like he'll get Doubting. off screen and he'll just like he'll come in screaming or he'll like he yeah uh, he he animates himself. But uh, 
I feel, I hate, I really, really hate like the formal intros. It's just, I don't know, it sounds too robotic. So from now on, cheese, we're going to do this. So uh, for everybody who- Are you recording right now? Yeah, everything's recording. But uh, yeah, the, everybody uh, listening at home, this is the Beards and Balls podcast. I'm one Hello, of Hello, and welcome your... to this episode of the Beards and Balls sure. podcast, where tonight we will have a gentle and genteel discourse on current economic status of the United States, the overall tension happening between Russia and Ukraine, and if there's time, we will have a very lighthearted segment about a puppy's journey across America to find its way home. I'm Patrick Cheeseman. This is Beards and Balls. Hit the intro music. Now, you don't make this easy, do you? You never make it easy. The intro music already played, just so you know. Hit the music again. Let's let's double up the intro music. We're not doing that. We're we should totally that. do that. But 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 I uh, yeah, okay, sure. Uh you can follow uh, I'm Anthony F. You can follow me at born to run underscore 19 on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at born at born to I almost said mine again. At born at to balls. Beards. Yeah, at beards underscore balls, also on Twitter. We don't have an Instagram. We're working on that mainly. I'm working on that because I do the heavy lifting. Uh, cheese, tell them, tell them where they can find you. Just you, know. you can find me anywhere and everywhere. As soon as you hear my voice, I am there with you. I am there by your side, and I'm also at the cheese advice and at OG Cheeseman. Number one in your hearts, number one in your heads. That's me. Heads and hearts, buddy. It, not hearts and heads. It just doesn't roll yeah. off the tongue well. Now, yeah. cheese. Do yes. the business. Do the do business. business. You do, do the you business. Did the work. You did the work to get us our guest. I did. Do the business. I'm gonna do the business. He's the host of a brand new own podcast, which I had the god damn it. Sorry, I had the luxury. <laughs> Of being a part of his first guest of, well, take that out. Don't worry about me. What he, what? hang on. I got to be sure I get this right. So give me a second. Oh, okay. So no, don't worry, guys. This time around, it's okay that he's not paying attention. Correctly. He is the host. We are three episodes deep of Real Talk, the mental side of life. I was the first guest on episode two. I listened to episodes one and three, and they are fantastic. A great way talk about the struggles that everyone deals with in mental health he is a friend of mine who told me that's been almost 10 years now 10 to 11 years since we've 11. been 11 years time is a son of a bitch he is uh sadly a vikings fan but he has joined the right side i will convert him to packers fandom soon but he has joined the Bengals fandom he is jay jones everyone i want the round of applause where's my where's my uh Sound effect for clapping. You're not getting that because I I'm editing this and I'm not going that hard. I'm not. What I'm is not, the silence just, of I'm one hand clapping? That. Make it. <laughs> yeah. See, you were all good with your intro, and I appreciate it. Up until you say you're going to convert me to a Packers fan, which God knows I will probably burn my own foot before I even even consider going anywhere near Green Bay, Wisconsin. Someone who accidentally once burned his foot as a kid, I can tell you that that is that that's a, a way better feeling than than being a Packers fan. Was it a Look, George Foreman grill? No, no, this is a that's a shout a, out to a reference. I hope everyone understands. What what George Foreman grills? Yeah, burning well, your mean, foot okay. on a George Foreman grill. What, how do I? Well, I don't get. Why am I blanking on that? How I'm is blanking no too. The Office reference when Michael burned his oh, foot. Oh shoot! Oh Jesus! Because honestly, that's a pull. That's a pull for a reference uh, for an Office reference. Uh, yeah, um, I, that's the last thing that I expected you to say. But before we get into everything that has to, you know, that we're going to talk about today, Jay, I want to just you know tell tell everyone a little bit about what your podcast is and and and, and about yourself. For yeah, the, a little for bit about yourself. I don't know you and your fandom. Wait, okay, okay. Where do you want me to start first? Let's talk about you, yourself yeah. first, and then the fandom. I guess since cheese is running things, and then now. the podcast, and then yourself again. All right. So myself, I mean, I'm an average dude that work that lives in Cincinnati, not too far away from uh, cheese. Uh, I mean, I do I do boring stuff in terms of like when I work, but on the side, I mean, I. I, I weight lift, I power lift, and try to lift some heavy shit. Um, my back usually hurts most days. Uh, <laughs> I swear, if I don't have scoli- uh, scoliosis by the time I'm 35, I'm doing something right. 
Um, but no, I mean, I do that. I mean, I, I, I video game a lot. I probably have every console okay. known to mankind. Um, my wife hates me for it because I spent a lot more money than I should. Um, <laughs> also, the amount of electronics that we have in our house is more than my insurance policy. So <laughs> yeah, that's probably a problem too, but it's fine. It's all good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just the average dude is trying to make make a make some things happen here in the world. And I think kind of leading into that, I mean, we talked about my podcast that I got uh, that just started not too long ago. Uh, Real Talk. For me, the podcast is not necessarily about me. It's about having people that go through mental health just like just like I do, just like we all do go through, especially with this pandemic. And just having them share their own stories, whether it's uh, they maybe started to really analyze mental health now. Um, especially since we've been in this environment or they've been dealing with something since they were kids because everyone has a different story and we got to be able to kind of share that. And I think I started that because I, I'm tired of people kind of putting mental health as a, a such a bad thing to talk about. And I want to make, have people have a safe space where they can start just sharing themselves and building a community. So, so I, I, yeah. I felt that was important. I think that's a, that's a, like you said right now i think we're more aware we're we're not there yet quite you know we're not quite there yet but we're a lot more aware about the importance of mental health and why we need to focus on it more it's just a matter of you know continuing to push for normalcy you know for you know the idea of it's okay to be dealing with things and it's okay to deal with them on your own terms because I think that's that's uh, everybody has like this snapshot of what uh, depression or whatever else comes with you know mental health issues. They have this idea of what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like, but they really don't have any idea. And I, I really like that you know you're you're giving people the, an opportunity to to share their unique experiences with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean it's I always talk to myself like I've gone through so much stuff that you can listen to in the podcast, but. I always felt that there's not necessarily anyone that's out outwardly sharing their story and and that's okay because not everything is that they don't feel comfortable sharing and that's every person's right but i felt for me if i want to make an impact on people's lives i'm also i put myself out there and i want to give people the platform to do the same uh with their level of comfort yeah i mean and, and it's a plus it's i think it's just an interesting thing that it's an interesting discussion to have because you never know you know how you're gonna you you might end up relating to someone else's experience you know just by having a chat with them you'd be you'd be surprised how similar our experiences are when it comes to that kind of a to that to just mental health in general oh without it man without a doubt i mean the two episodes i've done obviously one the first one with cheese as a guest and then Mm -hmm. had another friend of mine do do an episode you learn so much about somebody that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you say, service level, they can seem like the happiest person in the world, but mm-hmm. dang, when you get into the weeds, it's, I'm not saying it's quote unquote dark, but you learn a lot. And honestly, I gain, yeah. I gain, I gain more respect for people that mm-hmm. I talk to. I mean, like I said, there are things I knew about cheese and then there are things I learned about cheese. I was like, Oh shit. I mm-hmm. now I'm like, I felt like an even deeper connection. And it's like, that's, that's the beauty of these conversations. So that's what the podcast is about. And you want to make sure that people feel like they welcome it anytime they want to talk. So where can, uh, where can everybody, you know, listen to you? What, what, uh, what, what are you on? I, I'm, I know I'm pretty, I'm guessing for sure, you know, at least Apple podcasts and Spotify. Actually just right now, Spotacast, uh, I said Spotacast. Wow. <laughs> you know, we, we, we are on, uh, we're on Spotify and Google podcasts right now. Um, okay. still working on Apple because I got to figure out some things to anchor, which is the distributing platform that I'm using. Okay. Okay. Um, but definitely on Spotify, Google podcasts, and you'll be able to find that almost instantly. Okay. Perfect. And I, and I think this is a, you know, one thing she's told me that really made me happy about having you as a guest is that you do you, that you, you know, basketball too. Uh, oh, born, born and raised, but just perfect. So that means I can walk away from this. For a while, as soon as you start talking about basketball. For a moment, because I I think we I think that's where my natural transition is gonna be. Uh look, I wouldn't okay, maybe maybe out of work journalist is the way to describe it, but I wouldn't be a good out of work journalist if I didn't run with uh run with what we have here and and mental health is the topic. Um I thought 
well, why not uh, open this discussion with a little bit about Ben Simmons? Because uh, he had that presser earlier in the week. I want to say yesterday or the day before. Might have been Tuesday. Okay, might have been Tuesday. At this point, all these days just roll into one. So it, it, it weeks just feel like one long day at this point. Jesus, <laughs> you're not lying. That's day was 2020. Now it's 2022. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It, it just went by before you knew it. And uh, but with Ben Simmons, he talked a lot about how he has to there, there has to be a focus on 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 getting himself right. And I, I think that um, there's at least for fans of, of the NBA and just sports fans in general, there's this weird way that we approach mental health. There is a after that press conference, a lot of the reaction I saw from, you know, not everybody, but a good number of people on Twitter was, you know, oh, well, you know, he, he must not be telling the truth. You know, he must not be feeling this way. He, you know, it's as if they need some kind of tangible proof that he has, you know, that he's been dealing with some kind of mental issues. Um, what, what do you think about the whole Ben Simmons situation and kind of just what, how people are reacting to what he's saying about his own mental health. See, this is for me, I, I kind of take offense to a lot of people who kind of going on and bashing Ben Simmons. I mean, let's, let's, let's go back to, I mean, let's go back to Philly um, in the playoffs, obviously sports psychology is a thing. I mean, if sometimes if like, especially when I think people focus on um, him turning down a dunk in order to pass the ball up for a layup. I mean, there are some things in sports psychology that you have to work through and people need to understand that it's, if it was just as simple as someone trying to learn how to like taking a jump shot, it would have been done by now, but there's right. much more behind that, that you can't necessarily say, Oh, well that like, he just needs to go see a sports psychologist. There, but the thing is too, when you talk about Ben Simmons and his presser, what I find very discon- like disconcerting about a lot of people, maybe saying like, immediately jump to the fact that he's quote unquote lying is that they're looking at his demeanor while he's talking and thinking that, uh, Oh, well, he must've been fine. Now he's, uh, now he's in, uh, in Brooklyn. And part of partially that could be true because you can be going through stuff at a certain environment and you don't necessarily want to outwardly express that because you're going like, there's just some people are more open with their, with their mental health. And some people are just kind of want to stay, stay in the shadows and maybe mm-hmm. talk to some confidants that they trust and depend on. And mm-hmm. I think both both options are OK. But to kind of go out to say, oh, he's immediately lying about his mental health, that that's disingenuous on so many levels. And because somebody I could smile right now, but I could be going through some of the deepest stuff that no one even knows about. And you mm-hmm. also got to think about now. Let's, let's translate that to Ben Simmons who is basically a, I think, I can't remember how much his contract was, but let's say he makes over $100 million, but, and everyone's supposed to expect that an athlete is supposed to be able to, quote, unquote, rise above everything and always be like this tough as nails, hard as nails, mental individual, which some people can be, and that's perfectly okay. But, but we're all still human, and that's the part that people are forgetting. They want people will continue to put athletes on this pedestal where they think, oh, well, they should be able to handle it all because now they're in the limelight. Whereas mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of thinking about them from a standpoint of, dang, they're human too. And they're going through yeah. stuff. Absolutely. And, and and I like that you you brought that up about the, just the way that the way that a lot of fans, I guess the things that they expect from athletes, the things that athletes aren't are, are allowed and not allowed to do uh, it. I think earlier, earlier in the week, right after the Super Bowl, there was one of these uh, Lakers, you know, Twitter pages that was uh, pointing out LeBron James in the middle of the halftime show, you know, having a good time. And, and mm-hmm. the whole tweet was, oh, you know, the Lakers are the blah, blah, blah. And the, I forget what the record was at the time. And then here's LeBron James as if, as if he's not allowed, as if athletes aren't allowed to have lives outside of the sport that they play as if they're not allowed to be human. I think that's that other, that other part, like you were saying, we put them on this pedestal. We, we assume that they are these, I don't know what we assume, what, what people assume that they are exactly. It's just, it, it, it's almost like they they look at them and they see them as uh, what's the word superhuman, you know, 
both physically, emotionally, mentally, and in just about every way. And that's just not, that's not the fact or that that's just not the way it is. Yeah. And it's like, it's deifying a human just like yourself. And, and I don't think people realize like those same humans have gone through so much trials and tribulations themselves to Mm -hmm. even get to where they are. So they could be dealing with some mental battles that, Sure, they can kind of not necessarily mask per se, but they can put to the wayside what they're doing in a certain profession. But when they when they step off the basketball court, the football field, soccer pitch, whatever sport they're playing, they got the same problems that you and I have. Mm-hmm. And then we just don't we just don't hear about it. But I and also think too that people kind of go to the examples of like kind of the greatest of the like greatest in their sports. So yeah. we're talking about basketball, and we we like people think about Michael Jordan's of the world. Or you think about yeah. the Colby's of the world. Now, the problem with doing that is the fact that even Michael Jordan, who's alive to this day, and God rest mm-hmm. his soul, Colby, because man, I wish you would learn more from him. Like Michael even said himself, I think I can't remember when he said this. It was definitely sometime last year. Like he don't, he doesn't even know he will like he would have survived in the social media age. No, people yeah, don't no. realize. People don't realize that takes a toll on people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. It, instead of like the the regular sports media going through like journalism, you have interviews like right then and there and and front page. You can't necessarily, everyone can't, you can't be a journalist with a click of a button. Mm -hmm. And you have, you have a, there's a professionalism that a journalist has that you can, well, you can hope to expect that you're not going to find in the average person. The average person will lose their mind calling you all kinds of crazy things. You know, it's not a sensible it, it's not a critique. It's i I'm angry and I have the ability to tell you that I'm angry and how I feel about you. So I'm going to do it, you know, unchained, untethered, and in a nasty way. And, and you're right. It, it's, it was a lot, it seems like it was a lot easier to curate your image back then before everybody had access to seeing everything. As opposed to now, you know, my, you're right, Michael, the, there's a lot of things that, 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 you know, we, I, I don't want to say no, but there's a lot of things that, that have been talked about that he's done uh, a lot of, you know, there's always been that rumor. Well, you know, maybe he left uh base, you know, to go play baseball because uh, his suspension was inevitable for some of the gambling things that he, there's a lot of things about these players that, you know, we don't know, but because we didn't have access to that. And with with Michael Jordan and with uh, Kobe Bryant in terms of mental health, not everybody can compartmentalize the way that they did. Not everybody can can just. I, I mean, it's it's incredible to see. It, it's extremely impressive, and that that's always been the big difference. Like with LeBron and Michael, is LeBron as a player, even you know, growing up in the social media time, you know, uh, maturing into who he is now in all the with all this social media. Um, he, he's had a, a much different path. I, I, I'm one of those who I'm firmly against comparing Michael Jordan and, and LeBron James because of a lot of reasons, uh, you know, with the way they play, I, I, I say LeBron is plays more like magic than he does uh, Michael, but that's another discussion for another day. I'll, ra- I'll bring it right around back, um, so that we can kind of lighten things a little still Ben Simmons, still Ben Simmons, but what do you think that this does that this move to the Nets does for him in terms of his play? Because I have a theory. Uh, I've, I've always had this thing. I've had this theory about Ben Simmons in that he needs to go to a smaller market where he doesn't have a ton of eyes on him so that he can work on those fundamental things, problems that he has, that he can get his free throw percentage, maybe up to 75%, not, not around that 50 to 60 range. You know, if he can quietly do it, you would assume that going to Brooklyn is not a good move in that sense, but maybe it is because he's going, he's playing with, with a ball dominant point guard in, in, in Kyrie or shooting guard, whatever he wants to be that night. Uh, and you're playing with Kevin Durant, you know, they are going to be the primary offensive weapons. Ben just needs to, he needs to, uh, he needs to be a good, he needs to do the good, the things that he does well, which is he's a good passer. He's a great defender. Um, use that and and just while those guys are, are carrying the brunt of of leading the team and having to be the focal point, you get better at your craft. I think it's a good move for him personally. At least I think so. 
No, I, I honestly, I agree. I agree with you that it's a good move for him. And I kind of want to like, go, not necessarily attack your point about going to a small market team, but if you consider the Brooklyn Nets, especially in New York, they're still kind of the small, they're still kind of the small market team per se. Yeah. Because let's think about it. What, what's always been the Mecca of basketball or the NBA? It's always been the garden. If you would have said that KD, Kyrie, wet were at New York Knicks, and Ben Simmons went to the Knicks, that's a whole yeah. different argument. Because yeah. also, too, the one thing you got to think about is that, like when he when Ben was in Philly, you got the diehard Philly fans. We yeah, that's if a you, rough crowd, it, it, it's a regardless of the sport that you play, it's a, it's a very rough, rough crowd. crowd. Yeah, uh, but if you play, obviously you play like you ball out or you give all effort, they love you. But that's a, that's beside the point. But when you go to Brooklyn, that doesn't necessarily have like the established fan base. I mean, which I mean, shoot, KD even acknowledged that himself. Like, uh, I think a couple, like a few nights ago, he was like, "Oh, thanks to the, all the all the Nets, I mean, Knicks fans for uh, I guess showing up." Yeah. I'm like, that's that's how you know like Brooklyn hasn't made it yet. But for Ben, I think it's perfect because, like you said, he's playing with someone like and Kyrie Irving. Um, who's going to basically uh, command attention. He's playing with KD, who doesn't need the ball, but he can get 30 a night on any given basis. But also, too, think about what he came with. He also has Seth Curry, who he has very – who's familiar with, and also Mm -hmm. Andre Drummond, who he's Mm -hmm. also familiar with. So there's a lot of different things that are working in Ben's favor, and he doesn't have to be – Yeah, exactly, and he doesn't have to be the number two option. He could be the number three option Mm -hmm. and still put up 20 – 10 and maybe eight. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, and I think, uh, you know, say what you will about Kyrie and I have a lot of issues with Kyrie, just the way he carries himself, but I don't see him as being the type to not embrace and accept Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? You would, you would hope not, but I mean, I, 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 I yeah, yeah, you're right. You're we right just, we that. just, we just never know until we mm-hmm. get into the thick of things. Mm-hmm. And with KD, like, I, I, I feel like, I'm, I can firmly say that he will welcome the guy in. And I mean, you know, uh, KD doesn't, KD wants one thing and that's to win a championship. And if, if that means that he has to put aside it, let me, I mean, he's playing with Kyrie Irving. He's got to put aside all kinds of differences, man. Uh, he's playing with a guy who doesn't play all the time. Like, I think that's the craziest thing about, about Harden, uh, Durant and, and Kyrie being there is that the amount of games that they actually played together doesn't that's not even a half season? She was barely a quarter season. It's barely yeah. a quarter. Yeah, it's 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 wild. And I think honestly, even the last even last year, I mean, when Harden got there, I'm not sure he was fully he was fully in. No, I mean, I don't think so either. Like it's, I'm this is not for me when I say this next part is not about talking about anybody's weight, any fitness shaming, mm-hmm. whatever like that. But when you're playing a professional sport, you're anticipating like the expectation is for you, regardless of where you're at, is to be in shape, ready to go. Unless you're coming yeah. off an injury where you're rehabbing, which we understand that. With with Harden, like, honestly, I, I love his game. I know some of the things have changed, especially with the rules and them not calling it as many yeah. fouls and stuff, which has kind of dropped his numbers down. But at the end of the day, like we talked about professionalism, like, you got to come, you got to, you got to be ready to play. You got to be ready. You got to be ready to be in shape. You got to be ready to run. Um, heck, I, I know there are going to be some nights where you just don't play well, but you got to be ready to go at every at any given moment. So hope James Harden works out well in Philly. He seems like he want to be there. Um, and with Joel Embiid, which on paper looks like a good combo, but I'm also worried about them losing Seth Curry, who's a great shooter. That's what I said. And I I don't know how this plays out for like honestly the Eastern Conference because this seems like a at the current the way things currently are it seems like a like a wash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have I've uh, I've thought since you know about this trade that Brooklyn clearly got the better end of the deal. I think uh, because they they got a young they, Ben Simmons is what twenty five. You know, they yep. got a good, they, they got, they got something that they, they needed a shooter like Seth Curry, you know, they, they, uh, Andre Drummond's going to is he, he's not going to score. That's not what he does. He doesn't score uh, a ton of points. He just does 
the minimal amount on points, but he's going to get you rebounds. You know, he's going to be the guy who he's going to get you opportunities at those second chance points, which that's the last thing you want Kevin Durant to have, you know, there's more chances uh, with Philly. You're right. Uh, the whole, it's going to be an interesting dynamic because the questions, I don't know if you saw, I think it was a few days ago or you heard a few days ago, according to uh, I think, I think it was Ramona Shelburne on ESPN who had talked about how last year, Harden had a choice to go to Brooklyn or Philly and he chose Brooklyn and because he, you know, he wanted a ring like when, of course, once he got there, things changed, but it's like, I think Cheeseman and I talked about uh, when we, 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 one of the things that we do and we're going to be bringing it back in two weeks, people, two weeks, we're going to be bringing back our Sunday you know, we called it a special topic episode. You know, we have a specific topic that we discuss. It's kind of evergreen, right? It's not having to do with what's been going on in sports. But we're thinking that for the comeback one, we're looking at team destroyers, get people who have who wreck teams on their either arriving or, or leaving. You know, and I'll always throw Carmelo into that mix. You know, arriving to the Knicks after they had to trade away all these players to get him. I mean, he arrived at nothing pretty much um, for the most part compared to what he could have had uh, or what he had it in, uh, in Denver. Um, and then the other guy is, I mean, you're going to have to start considering James Harden. Cause man, he did, he did the Rockets nasty. Like the Rockets are ended up in a much worse situation than they, than they were, you know, going into the season clearly. Um but with, with Harden, I don't, I never know what to expect of them. I, I've always been one to say that you know, he's a, he's one of the all time greatest scorers. I wouldn't call him one of the all time greatest players. Cause for me to be a full player, you have to have a little Defense. bit on, the, uh, you have to have at least a tiny bit of it, you know, but as a scorer, top five, all time top, you know, because he, he does it with, with ease as a pure scorer. I, I don't know how Embiid and him are going to work out. Uh, I, I think, I think, I don't know. Embiid doesn't seem like he has patience right now for any of that, especially after what he's dealt, you know, after, after the Ben Simmons stuff, you know, I, I, if Harden brings in any kind of drama, I can see it going South fast. Cause I don't think doc rivers is a good manager of drama either. Like look at speaking of guys who have, who, who just, I've always, I don't know. I've never been a, a, a Doc Rivers guy, personally. I, I, I think he, he's really living on that one ring. Like he has been living on that one ring for 15 years now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's. I don't know what to think about Philly. Because you're right. It's, it's. If it works out, it's a total shift in the East, uh, for them. But if it works out for the Nets, then the Nets you know, they could possibly win a championship because you're right. Seth Curry, Seth is not Steph, but he's a damn good shooter. He's at about 40% right now. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and that's on, that's on the low end of his career. That's the scary yeah. part. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a valuable weapon. I, with this, this is my favorite time of the year when it comes to basketball, when it starts to matter, <laughs> you know, when the first, Eight, the first 50 games are out of the way and we can get to the final stretch where it's like, okay, now we're seeing all, you know, right when the trade deadline hits where you see everybody kind of, I get excited because I'm like, oh, y'all are gearing up. Y'all are gearing up for some intense basketball for the rest of the season. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about where things are and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with James Harden and the Nets in the Nets and the 76ers. Cause I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This this was a team that I that had they were they had Jimmy Butler at one point on that team. You know? And then for I don't know what when, when, I think a few years ago when they decided to get rid of JJ Redick cuz you know, sure they had plenty of shooters and getting rid of another one wasn't going to Yeah, I don't know. That team that organization is pretty suspect. <laughs> I won't I won't get into my feelings about the whole process thing, but yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oh man. That's a, that it that in itself is is, is a, a discussion episode. Just the process, just tanking in 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 sports. Cheese, write that down. Tanking in sports. 
feature topic. He's been quiet this whole time. I think he's ready for uh, his Super Bowl. He's rant. waiting. He's waiting. Cheese, cheese. Tell us what happened this past Sunday. He Go was ahead. so close. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they really uh, were. You're hurt, aren't you? Who hurt you, Cheese? Aaron Donald and his freak abilities did. Man, look when when it really really mattered. Half LA's, a second more and we win. But the Rams stars came to play. Like, like everybody, everybody, you know, everybody said, you know, for the going into this game, all the pressures on the Rams. They put all their chips in. They they went all in, and it it paid off, man. It Aaron Donald should have been the MVP of that. Uh, well, okay, it's hard because Cooper Cup did some work, but that that last stretch where that second half where Aaron Donald all of a sudden just said no, 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 no. That we're not going to be playing this game anymore. I know that I have the ed- I single handedly have the edge over your entire offensive line. I'm going to start bullying them now. And he did. It, it's it's there was that one play where as Joe Burrow's going out of bounds, Aaron Donald does knock him down. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, and it makes sense. Is that that's kind of where you see Aaron Donald's get a little bit more physical. Like his intensity goes up where it's like, okay, now he means, now he means business. Jeez. How does it feel, you know, having a good soul like Aaron Donald wreck your, wreck your evening? You know, at least we aren't the Chiefs and Titans and having to watch it at home on the couch. At least we were there. Well. You could you could say that about what uh, 38, 38. There's not there's not even there's not thirty eight teams in the league. Uh, you're, you could say that about thirty other teams, man. Yeah, I know. It, so I, don't I, know. I look at it as this way: they're young. I'm talking about the Bengals here. They're young. Yeah. They yeah. go all in on the offensive line. I'm not. No, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying they'll be back next year for sure. But no, I'm just saying they'll they'll be back. Mm-hmm. There's no way they won't. They can't. Be. So, so I'm not gonna. I'm not. I, I don't believe in guarantees like that. But I'm I not will guaranteeing say guaranteeing that so, they'll be back next year. But I, I get. I feel. Well, you did say no. I didn't say about next year. But you did say that they that 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 it's impossible that they can't. You know that they won't eventually. Look, it's not guaranteed that they ever will. But if there's a if if anyone has a shot, it's this young Bengals team with all of the fucking cap space you can imagine a quarterback on a rookie contract, a wide receiver, a star wide receiver on a rookie contract. Two, two of them, two, two of them. Yeah, you're right. T Higgins and his big old body. Uh, it's look, your team set up the, the Bengals are set up so well. They went from four wins to the Super Bowl. Like that, that in itself is an accomplishment. Uh, Joe Burrow's totally changed this team. The, it's mentality you can see it just the way that the, the way that they play they still play some sloppy football at times they do nobody uh, plays perfect football though wait wait, wait 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 let me finish they play yes but there is you know your packers don't play sloppy football did you they not watch the niners uh, wait, game? Wait, wait, wait 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 i was gonna say wait 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 they just your your packers play lazy football sometimes okay because your team was lazy in that game uh, they they were very confident that they could beat the 49ers and they didn't. With the Bengals, they they the mistakes that I'm talking about are just mistakes that a young team makes. You know, that's what they're doing right now. They'll unfortunately they you know, even with their head coach, they made a few bad calls. Um, like running it, having uh what was his name? Uh, P. not P. Joe Ryan. Mixon, P. Ryan, having him run it, which by the way, how impressive was it to see Aaron Donald just wrap himself around that dude and yank him back and be like, no, you're not falling forward. Like, I'm going to pull you physically. He's um, the only one that could do that. But yes. yeah, no, true. Absolutely. But the whole thing about that play is they ran the, that exact play earlier in the game with the exact same result. Stuffed. Those are the also going for it early. That turned into an easy touchdown for the Rams. You know, those are just, you know, mistakes. The 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 Bengals player deciding to run onto the field and celebrate. 
that you see what I that those are the mistakes I'm talking about the the, the dumb rookie mistakes. Look, you're, you remember I'm a Cowboys fan. I know these mistakes. I know them. My team lives hired making Mike these McCarthy. mistakes. My team hired Mike McCarthy. He these mistakes, you know, come as part of the package. We're the most penalized team in the league. Uh, so I, I know what I'm talking about when I tell you that these are these are rookie mistakes. These are just mistakes that they shouldn't be making. They'll learn to not make them. It's just a matter of getting a little bit more discipline. And once you have an offensive line that isn't so. Uh, what's I don't know. What's the kind subpar. word? Subpar. Well, subpar is a nice word. Just nice way to put horrible. Uh, horrible was last year. Subpar no, hor- was this year. Look, wait, you're right, but but subpar is not nine sacks against uh, the Titans and then another six in the Super Bowl or seven in the Super Bowl. That you know what I mean? That that's a little less than subpar, but but they have all the cap space cheese. Turn that frown upside down, man. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm over it now. You know why? See, you know why I'm over it? Andrew Whitworth got a ring. True. Yeah. It's a good way hey, to look at it. What here's the here's the thing I will say say to you, Cheese and Anthony. I'm not I'm not taking I'm not taking a shot at the oh, Cowboys. No, no. I'm just I'm just doing oh, a no, comparison. I'm making a comparison because while mm-hmm. the Cowboys have a lot of talent, yeah. which they really do, they still make the dumb mistakes. And I think they missed the window of not capitalizing on Dak's Dak and Zeke's rookie contract. Yep, and putting the pieces around him, whereas the Bengals, this is where I'm I'm making a very I think I'm making a, I'm making a not necessarily outlandish comparison, but I'm making a comparison based on trajectory. Yeah. They have an opportunity right now, if they do the cast, if they do the free agency right, they do the draft mm-hmm. right, to emulate what the Seahawks did with Russell Thank Wilson's you. contract. Thank you. They are the blueprint. Seattle is literally the, every team after them. Has looked at that. Look at what Seattle did with 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 Russ on his on his rookie deal. They built a defense around him. They built an offensive line. They gave him a running game. They gave him. He didn't have the best wide receivers, but they were good enough because everything else worked. And like, here's the thing: like we we all we all knew that the Bengals' offensive line was mm-hmm. just terrible. I'm just going. I'm just going to say it's terrible. Yeah, but. You also, but you also have a quarterback in Joe Burrow that made them mm-hmm. look a lot better than they really were, mm-hmm. and that's because he has he was he was a little bit more mo- he's a little bit more mobile than most quarterback than most quarterbacks in the league, and he's able to like get out of, get out of danger and make plays. Now I do always say that, and I've said this from the beginning of the season because as a Vikings fan, I watched the first game live. I said he holds on to the ball way too much. He and, takes bad sacks, right? And he's he's also Jamar Chase happy. Understand that, that. Yeah, no, you're right. Which because like there are there are throws that I think he can make to let's say Joe Mixon out of the backfield to taking the check down route, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, that he can save himself. But when you throw in a double coverage for Jamar Chase, when you don't necessarily need to, that is a problem. And not getting the ball out of your hands when there's nothing there. Like, I'm not saying you need to be Tom Brady, but if you take one thing from Tom Brady, he got the ball out of his hands in order to avoid sacks. Well, look what happened to the he, Chiefs. Yeah. That's that's been their problem all year. Is that that they they Pat Mahomes has been looking, he's looking for the home run all the time that you don't take what's being given to you. And and, and you could go and, this is this is not meant to this. I'm I'm serious, this isn't meant to be a dig against the Vikings at Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. but I'm saying yeah. You could go the Kirk Cousins route because he was Kirk Cousins like to do with the ball a lot. Checkdowns. Mm-hmm. You, have to have a, you have to have a happy Checkdowns. medium. Exactly. Yeah. You have to have a happy medium, though. And that's why right. I think this is going to be a better offseason for Joe Burrow because last season, mm-hmm. his focus was just, I got to get back out there. I got to heal up. I just had everything in my leg be, t- be torn apart. I got to make sure this is good to go. Now it's a small MCL sprain. That's what ZJ Uzama had. He played the Super Bowl. Just rest a little bit. He's fine. So, but now he'll be able to go back into the offseason and he'll be able to look at tape and everything and he'll be able to, to learn to understand to make these decisions better and to do the Aaron Rodgers route, which is mm-hmm. literally just throw it out of bounds. You're about to get sacked, throw it out of bounds. Penalty. I think 15 yard penalty for unnecessary roughness. I think one thing, uh, because I watch Undisputed a lot. 
Shannon Sharp mm-hmm. says said something that I think I find very true. There is a difference between rehabbing and a difference in training. Mm-hmm. What Joe Burrow had to do coming back this season was rehabbing. And that was just learning how to mm-hmm. walk, how to actually make sure he feels comfortable putting weight on his leg and being able to say, okay, if I take a hit, will my knee get will my knee explode? No. And getting past the mental barriers. Now that even though he's dealing with the MCL sprain, which glad he's just the MCL sprain because it could have been a lot worse. Like now he's going to be, he's going to rest up for a few weeks and go right into training. And like she said, he's going to be able to look at all the things he looked at, uh, did all this yep. all season and be able to kind of pick apart some of his, like his successes and some of the things from other quarterbacks that made them successful and say, okay, how can I incorporate this into my game? And now he could be, he could come back. Obviously he won't become back player of the year again, but can he be offensive player of the year next year? Absolutely. Can he potentially vie for a MVP? If the trajectory starts to lean out that way and he also gets protection, it's a possibility. But there's a difference between the rehab that he did and now the training he's going to do. Yeah. And I, I think that he can. I think I think he will. Personally, for me, I think he was an MVP candidate this year uh, in terms of ask a quarterback to take a team on his back and and literally just drag them to the Super Bowl. Uh, Climb aboard, everyone. It's right here. But you're right, though. If if, if the conditions are right, screw comeback player of the year. The dude will. The, the dude has all of the skills and talent and handsomeness to be an MVP in the NFL. Like he has it all. Like it's just a matter of like like Cheese was saying, of of going back looking at his own tape, you know, looking at those things that he could have done better and doing them better. And that's you know? the one thing I'm not worried about with him because yeah. you ever watch every interview he's ever done, he 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 does he's like smart. Tom Brady. He does like the Tom Brady New England talk of, you know, he doesn't blame anyone. He doesn't point fingers. Mm-hmm. He talks about, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, it starts with me. It ends with me. You know, I gotta get better stuff. He goes in and he goes to work. He's not going to sit there and complain. And what also gives me hope is that Mike Brown, the owner actually came out and verbally said they will do this offseason. They will focus on, on making yeah. without, you know, without obviously shitting on the five guys that's, that are on the line, mm-hmm. you know, the same with Zach Taylor. Cause you're not going to come. Everyone said it. You're not going to come out and say, no, these five guys fucking suck. And we're going to do everything we can to get them out of here. You're going to say, you're going to say they did their best. We're going to work hard. We're going to try. We're going to make sure they come back and they're good at their position while at the same time investing in the future and looking at the options we have out there. And Mike Brown even came out and said, yeah, we're going to do everything we can to protect this guy, which means they will. He's not just going, he's not just going, like, he's too fucking old just to say that for the sake of saying it. If this, given well, how he's old, too old he is, that's why he's too old. You know? He's going to speak. When you get to the age, he's he wants at, a ring. You don't lie anymore. You fucking speak your mind. You know, you, you, you don't, you can't, cause at that point he's like, why am I lying? I could die tomorrow. So it's I also don't think he's li- he's good. He's lying. You're paying lip service where he says we're gonna focus on the offensive line to quell the fan base. I think he's saying that because like I got like two years left of my life. I just wanted him to win a fucking well, title. I mean, well, I mean, it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same theory with like a Jerry Jones. I mean, he's been. But the difference is Stephen Ross. Like, well, well, I'm not. He's the prime Steven. example. Look at I'm that dude. Steve- I'm not even throwing Stephen Ross in the same category because Stephen Ross can't even can't even draft or get players in that actually That's a good play, point. For, play for the play That's for the a Dolphins. Good point. So I'm not even putting him in the category. But with like <laughs> someone like Jerry Jones, who actually has shown an affinity to spend money and get people in the draft, I'm like, okay, Mike Brown, you have an opportunity here to make something happen. And I understand that for the last few years, not being a Bengals fan up until this point. The city has had a, let's just say they haven't been happy. The bungles. Yes. But I mean, that, the that's fact, not them anymore, but you know. Like you stumbled. Yes. And I'm going to say you stumbled into a gold mine, AKA Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And you were, and you were starting to see the fruits of that stumble, that stumble, stumbling block. Uh, now that you picked up Jamar Chase, which actually was probably the best thing that you could have did mm-hmm. versus picking up Panay Sewell. Um, obviously, did you want to beef up the offensive line to continue to help Joe Bro? Sure, that's that's a given. But Jamar Joe Cup, uh, like tandem, that was one of the best in the league this past year, and that's undeniable. So now that you see that, now and on top of that too, let's be let's be honest here, Mike Brown wants money. 
What can you do? What, how can you get more money? Yeah. Get uh, money. Win, win games. How can you how can you win games? Get players. How can you uh, get more money? When we do that. More people go buy season tickets because I almost started looking yes. at season tickets, and I almost started I almost thought about buying something. I couldn't do that because I I get in trouble with my wife, but that's a whole different story. Um, but you could I, theoretically. I could, but I, I could, but would I be living the next day? That's the that's the ultimate issue. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll leave everything to Olive. Yeah, so, whatever. I'll say this: we've talked a lot about the Bengals. Let's talk about the winners of the Super Bowl. Yeah, we should because I well, mean, no, it's I mean, not. This is for the first it's time in a while. Unhappy. There's there's not so, that I'm not that I that there isn't someone on the team that won that I'm like that I was rooting against. So they would like last year, I fucking wanted the bucks to lose. Cause I hate Antonio Brown with the fiery passion of a thousand sons, you know, but this year watching the Rams, I'm like, that's not the only person you hate is the owner. And I don't give enough of a fuck about him to think about him. Cause Honky, everyone else right? on, the, on the field and on the team. Good super people. Yacht, that's his name. Well, Stan Cronky. Yep. Stan Cronky and his super yacht. Jesus yeah. Christ. That thing is but, the size of yeah, a city. But, I mean, but what first, first can we also talk about the fact that it was it was a good Super Bowl? Oh yeah. So, oh, so, yeah. Like saying, so it's oh, funny. It's be a blowout. I think it that like there's this like uh, I have the like very top tier of Super Bowls, which is like you know the, the really really fun entertaining ones that you know you really enjoy, like uh, 2000 eight when it, the, the Cardinals and the Steelers great oh, yeah. Super Bowl, a great Super Bowl, great finish, hate big Ben. He's done things that I don't approve of, but hell of a, hell of a game, hell of a game and hell oh, of yeah. a finish, you know, and he deserved the MVP. He didn't get it. So Tony Holmes did, but he did. Um, I think this is for I surviving think, that run. I think that this game is like right on that. It's great. It's not like all time historic. Great. It's, great though i loved it i had a great time watching it uh i was happy because i just want to point out uh i picked the rams at the beginning of the season cheeseman i told you that they were going to win the super bowl i was right that's i just want to point out the the Bengals have been three super bowls yeah i know they lost all three but each one was never a disappointment wait no no i have i have a better stat i'm glad that you brought up their losses uh i wrote this down because They've lost three Super Bowls by a combined 12 points. Wow. And that tells you all you need to know. This is not, this has never been a team that lucked. And so you, they, they get there because they were the best. Looking at the playoff, by the the playoffs, by the way, of those seven games um, that, you know, all the really, really great ones, I think um, all but one of them were decided by three points or less. Okay, and the one that wasn't decided by three points or less was decided by a touchdown. So, you know, that that's a pretty it was a great playoffs in general, all the way down through this, just from from beginning, with the exception of week one uh, of that first wildcard weekend. That's the only one where they were just kind of duds. There was like two good games and two games that were terrible. The two blowouts and then. Yeah, I think it was the two that was what? Was the Bengals Raiders game the only game on Saturday, or wasn't there two days? There no, it was that no, one. There was two and two, two. on Sunday, was, and then one on Monday. It was two, two, and one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, the Rams. It was were the, the ones Cowboys game and the Sunday. Bengals game were the two best ones. The rest, and then the Rams had Monday, and then the others were just yeah. The but, Rams. Um, that was the Rams killed the Cardinals, and the Bucks killed the Eagles. Those were bad, but the Cowboys game and the Bengals playoff games, mm-hmm. those were good ones. It just took the Cowboys three quarters to get into, you know, to, to, to get ready to play a football game. But anyways, I also wanted to say one last thing real quick about Jerry Jones, how you brought up earlier. It only took him 35 years to become a decent GM or 30 years to become a decent GM, but <laughs> he he's a decent eventually. GM, but he knows how to, I'll give him this. Like he's drafted a really good team. He, they had to do the opposite of what the Bengals are doing, which is where we have our quarterback, and, you know, one other star on a rookie deal. And we, it's like, no, we have to build with rookies around these guys, you know, just to afford it. And, you know, Micah Parsons, not a bad choice. Uh, I hear they're trading him to the Packers. Oh, God. I love that. Cheeseman, I love that your Packers are in cap hell. I love it. I love I it so much. I can't even say much because the Vikings are pretty much right there with them. 
True. But you at least know who your quarterback is going into next season. Are we sure about that? Because well, like, coach came point. out today and said he's excited to uh, move forward with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kevin O'Connell, okay. he said okay. it in the presser. I, Wait, okay, that, coaches okay, have can, said a lot of things. I, I don't. I don't listen to the coach. I listen to GMs. GMs are the ones that make decisions. John Gruden said he liked black people. Okay, <laughs> coaches. Coaches lie. All right. <laughs> so let's let's put it there. You know, you can't say that the coach has not lied in their lifetime. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, but going back to these playoffs, though. Can we just say that that divisional round was probably one of the best weekends of football that oh, we've ever seen in our lives? Yes. I fell in love twice over with Josh Allen during that game. Oh, Holy my crap, God. man. <sighs> like, Get him could, a real running back, Buffalo. Singletary is not bad. It's just that the offensive line still needs to be a little but, bit better. But they're designed – see the, – They're designed the, the past, the, too. So the, the, the Bills – we're pretty, I mean, the chiefs and the bills are the same team in terms of what they do in terms of how they're built. You know, they're a little smaller on defense. They're a little, you know, smaller on offense uh, on the offensive line too, because they're not smaller, but uh, they're quicker. You know what I mean? They're a team that is fully in on the passing game. Neither of them have an offensive line that is really uh, helpful when it comes to running. It seems like, you know, uh, I think that was the, that's the kind of, it's the same problem that the Rams have. They're not, th- these are teams that are, are, are designed uh, that lean so much towards the passing game that their running game really does suffer. As well, opposed we to like had a team. an elite, we had traded for Xavier and Howard. We would have won the Super Bowl. Damn it. But you didn't. So, it's coming full circle. I know. Jeez, but you got to let go. You got to let go. No, Granted, this is the guy who recalls every painful sports moment that's ever happened to him in his life. You can't let go because they had, we had Eli Apple. Oh, you were well, so no, close he, to having a great uh, t- game. Time out, time out, time out. Eli Apple, speaking of letting go, cannot catch anything. Like, no, when oh it's directly God. in Hold his up. hands. Which was the, the Titans game where he literally had a pick six to end the game? Yeah, yeah. even the Chiefs game. Like, he could have ended it. They, oh, um, there's yeah with him. I, my favorite thing about him though was the way he got roasted by yeah. everyone. Everyone. I Jeez. I gotta I gotta I gotta tell you all if you don't follow, if you don't watch this man on YouTube like it's probably one of the most hilarious commentators I will ever see. Uh, the his name is the uh, the Chiseled Adonis, and he always does he's does he's did this for the beginning of this year where he's done like. Week by week game highlight commentary for every single game. It is <sighs> hilarious. And in the Super Bowl one that he just did, uh, he has like I think five to seven minutes of get of just roasting Eli Apple. It Perfect. is it is beautiful to watch. It, it, it was it was extremely rough watching that guy play. He I mean look, I mean, look they picked on him. They picked on him every time they could throughout the entire playoffs. It didn't matter who it was. You know, they knew, well, we can take advantage of this guy. Like, we know we can. Um, but I, I, it's funny. I, I, we totally sh- forgot about the Rams again, the winners here, or, you know, for the most part. But look, Matt Stafford, I know the big discussion is, is he a Hall of Famer now? I'm not going to say just yet. I think he's, I think he started to put that foot over that line. He, the thing that, that I think we, somebody brought this up and it's a really good point is his career's not over. How about we save that discussion for when his career is over? Because he's, with the way that, with the way quarterbacks play nowadays, he could play another five, six, seven years. You know? Yeah, I I think for right now, it's a let's wait and see type of deal. Mm -hmm. I do, if 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 he said he retired tomorrow, Mm -hmm. no, he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't, Mm -hmm. there's not, there's not enough accolades for that in order for me to say he's a Hall of Famer. Now, if he said, if you say, obviously he's still at the one Super Bowl ring, but mm-hmm. he, let's say he has like, let's say he has like three or four more Pro Bowls. Let's say he gets mm-hmm. a, uh, the passing record or gets damn near close to it. Um, he's going to end up uh, what, like top. He's number 12 right now. He can end up top five. Like he can end up top five. It's like, undeniable if he is top five. Like if he gets, if he gets started getting more accolades, Pro Bowls, the passing yards, uh, shoot, if heck, if he wins another Super Bowl, and actually gets a Super Bowl MVP. Let's have a discussion. I, I think, I think if he wins a, I think if he wins, 
I think the one thing that is like the cement, the you are a Hall of Famer, because I think this is the line that we've we've kind of established. Um, if he gets a second Super Bowl ring, I think that's just you're in. You're here at that point. You're in because you do have you have numbers that are comparable to or better than Eli Manning, who I think at this point we might have determined it used to be. I think it used to be Kurt Warner. That was like the line. But now that Eli is in, I think Eli is now that current line for quarterbacks. Is the Mendoza line. But I I think there's, you know, like like we said with Stafford, if Stafford ends up top five in yards and in touchdowns and in, you know, several categories paired with the one Super Bowl, then yeah, he's in. But if he ended it today, you're right. He wouldn't be, at the very least, he wouldn't be a first ballot guy. He'd be a guy who gets in later, probably. You know what I mean? Um, I think the other thing about, uh, about him is uh, uh, that would be good enough is say he makes it to another two, let's say two NFC championships. He doesn't have to win them, but if he has two good playoff runs where he is a big reason as to why they're good, because I think really that's what his career is missing. It's a lot of the postseason stuff. If, if they're able to do what three or four more years of making the playoffs and going deep into the playoffs, then I think I think he he will earn that, uh, but it it really is just a matter of how much longer he plays, and if he keeps playing with the Rams that whole time. Um, yeah. Now I will tell you, somebody on that Rams squad that's a sure sure fire first ballot Hall of Famer. It's not even a question once his his uh his like he retires. Aaron Donald's going to the Hall of Fame first ballot. Oh, absolutely, that's, like there he didn't even the, need the ring to get in. Like, you, you're pretty. He didn't. The only thing he needed, only thing that really like just puts him over the top now was that ring. Like he had everything. What he he was drafted in 2014. Yes. So how many years ago is that? Seven years ago? Seven, eight years. Okay, it's seven, eight years. He's only 30. Damn near every year he's made first team All Pro. Uh, He's been. I I don't really count the Pro Bowl because at this point you have alternates. You have people don't even play them anymore. But All Pros. That's that's where it's like AP, uh, you know, all the all of these coaches and stuff have voted on him. He's got seven of those in that year in, in his span. He's got three defensive players of, of the year awards. He's he's there's n- none of that. Oh, do we you know, do we have a case? No, the, the case is is is, is shut and, and closed already. He is a Hall of Fame. This ring is just icing on the case. His, this ring and the performance that he put on. In that second half where you can you can clearly say I will I will firmly say he is the reason that they won that Super Bowl. I think that Matt Stafford put Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup put them in the position to do it to win the Super Bowl. But he's the guy who put that final nail that sealed the deal. You know, if if Joe Burrow had gotten away, we wouldn't maybe we wouldn't be talking about it like that. But. You know, what if, you know, what if Ray Allen didn't fucking hit a three from the corner and totally crush all of my hopes and dreams, you know, until the next year when I when we, you know, we we sent them uh, what we beat them in five. And like the Spurs always do, we destroyed another team and then, you know, LeBron left. Uh, But if they had lost, we'd be we'd be talking about something different. But even even if they had lost, we wouldn't be saying we wouldn't be questioning whether or not Aaron Donald is going to the Hall of Fame. You know, that that's that's he was playing with house money pretty yeah. much. And here's what I'll say really quickly. I mean, there was there was a time in our lives we were talking about JJ Watt being the best defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, rightfully so. When he was healthy, oh my god, JJ Watt great. was a absolute monster. Mm-hmm. But let's say if I had to take a healthy JJ Watt versus a healthy Aaron Donald. I'm taking Aaron. It's, it's, I'm it's taking Aaron. a healthy Luke Keekley. Well, I would still all, take him over. I still pick Aaron Donald over him, but I love Luke Keekley. I will tell you. I, I, I will think, say that. I think Aaron Donald is is a he's a he's an LT a, a, a what's his name a Reggie White. He's 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 that, that kind class. of a defensive player. He's in that class of of defensive player where he is the undisputed. Like you know that he is the best player on the field, and that's the other thing. Of all the players that are on the field at any given of, of both teams, take the entire rosters of those two teams that you saw on Sunday. He's the best one of them all. 
it as it stands now. You know, we don't know. Joe Burrow is still a young quarterback. You know, Jamar Chase, all these guys. As it stands now, in terms of the, the of what they do, how good they are at their craft, at their position. Aaron Donald was the best player on the field. I mean, I know uh, Pro Football Focus had uh, they you know they do their grading system, which is a great grading system. And after they did it, you know, this year, Aaron Donald was the best defensive player of the year, uh, defensive player in terms of just his output and everything. That, and, and he was the, well, he was second on their top 101 players of 2021 list. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's he's great. He's great. No, he's not, not uh, pretty much. He was. He came in. That, he, like, yeah. I guess all the posts. He was number two. He's the best. Um, but. I think I think we're we're gonna call it there. Um, it, it's been about uh, it's been a good amount of time. Uh, we've also, got a minute and thirty. The LA Street Dog is a very good hot dog that I highly recommend. If you're ever no 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 no, no 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 no. So so what he's trying to do there is he he one of our other co-hosts essentially put a wager because he lives in LA. He's a Cowboys fan, but he lives in LA. Uh, so he 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 he, he said if the Rams won, um he would go ahead and eat skyline chili and give it a proper review and drop a positive promo on it. Right. If yeah. cheese lost, he has to eat He has to, you know, talk about the LA dog cheese. You're going to have to do it the right way. He's going to mail you one out. It's going to be old and crusty and you're going to eat it. I know. And you're going to eat it on camera and we're going to post it on our thing. And then we're going to use the audio from it. So, uh, real quick, everybody. Uh, oh, it tastes like lard. Okay. Cheese. Where can they find you? Cheese abides OG Cheeseman. Jay, where can they find you? The Phenom plays on Twitter, the real Phenom on Instagram. And you guys can find me at uh, Born to Run underscore 19. You can find the podcast at Beards underscore Balls. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. It was great. Appreciate it. Bye, Jay. I'll see you soon. See you guys. See you guys. Okay.